Hello and welcome back to Two Bar Stools and a Knife, talking about the hospitality industry then, now, and in the future. As always, I'm Professor Nathan Dodge, joined by Brian, Patrick Connor, and Chef John Noble Massey. Gentlemen, hey. what's going on? Hey, Dodgy. So uh, today's a little different. Um, so my inter- my internet, my phone, my electricity went out today. I guess the tree trimmers got it. So I'm sitting in my pickup truck. Uh, John Noble Massey's out in front of my house sitting in his car. And Brian is, you know, probably sitting on his boat somewhere. Uh, so this is going to be a really weird call. Hopefully you can hear us. But Christina and Yuli are wonderfully wonderful um, uh, directors and producers. We'll make sure we sound terrific. And we better sound terrific because we have a special guest on today. We've got Nicola oh, Olianas. We are excited about today. Oh, we're excited. Thank you, we're excited about today. So I'm excited uh, too. I'm in Sardinia now. I'm so much excited. I mean, I'm in Italy. So you're in your car. Oh, oh. Man. Okay, we, we definitely lost the, the bet on this one. He's got a much better place. So last month was rum month, which we had a great time during rum month. This uh, we're, we're dedicating this month to September to September. So it's all about sipping drinks and, and stuff. You know, that the, the, just the great cocktails of, um, of the world. So, as people who have listened to this show more than once know that Brian and my favorite final final is Fernet. So, we have on Nicola. Nicola's going to talk about, or he prefers to be called Nick, or asked me to call him Nick, so I don't butcher his name any more than I already have. Um, and we're going to talk about Fernet today. So, uh, before we get started, let's talk about what's going on over there in Bacardi World. Brian, what's going on in Bacardi World? Thank you very much, guys. It's uh, interesting to be back in South Florida, uh, but it's also nice to be home, if you know what I mean. So, uh, as a married man. Great in Bacardi world. I am a married man, gentlemen. This is true. Uh, but uh, so far, wedding bliss, particularly because my wife went out for tacos. So that's okay <laughs> as well. So, But uh, Bacardi world, real quick, hey, you know, we got a great academic year started. Nathan and I are both teaching courses. Uh, for our spirit management track. We're really excited about that. Last week, we started our Bacardi internship. We have six fantastic Panthers from FIU uh, that are enjoying their internship. I got some great notes to the students. So please, guys, good luck. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Do everything you possibly can. We also have six brand new Bacardi scholars uh, that we're able to kind of support through their journey into beverage education. So that's fantastic. We're going to be starting up our new initiative this fall. Uh, that will be launched this spring called our Bar 2021 Challenge. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And of course, Bacardi teaches roaring. We are back in the lab. We're creating new content. We've had meetings about this with some of our key brand ambassadors. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Chris Hopkins. We're doing some amazing stuff there. And last but certainly not least, because I want to get to our topic du jour today, but we do have our next Bacardi talk coming up, and that's going to be October 8th at 1 o'clock. You'll be seeing a lot more uh, media coverage on this one as well. So we have Drew Miapon, uh, the creator of Nobu and Tribeca Grill and other legendary brands. As I said last time, he's an amazing supporter of the South Beach Food and Wine Festival uh, and a great friend of education. So we're excited to have Drew uh, as our next. And we're going to have, uh, I'm going to try to do something a little different, guys, too, on the next Bacardi talk because I know people are getting zoomed out. Uh, just too many zooms. Uh, so I'm going to get a little wacky, a little creative. So, uh, Bear with me on that one. But uh, besides that, guys, you know, it's great to be back home, but it's also great to get all the Bacardi goodness back cranked up again. Awesome. We're glad you're back. 
We missed you terribly. Oh, Johnny, but. stop it now. <laughs> well, let's get to our guest, shall we? Nicola, we, we have, uh, you have an awesome beverage. And when we, when we talk about the different beverages that are out there in American tastes, it's, American tastes are so different, right, than our European counterparts. And they're used to, you know, sweet drinks. And for a while there, people are drinking uh, whipped cream vodkas and root beer vodkas and cotton candy vodkas. There was a time period for that. And there was there reason was. for that. It was that, a bad right? time, bad time in the alcohol <laughs> industry. Yes, let's forget about that. Dark ages. And, and thank goodness we've, we've emerged from that. But I still think, even myself, drinking you know, white wines with more prevalence before I drank reds, working into that. And Fernet is a is definitely a bolder, more full-flavored drink. So when we talk about trying to generate appeal for that, whether it be to American consumers or, or consumers that are just trying out, what would you, how would you recommend they approach that and, and try that? Well, John, this is like being like the, 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 the challenge of like a lifetime. You know, this is really important for Branca. We've been in the market for 175 years, and like the time swing by, generated generation of changes, and um, people taste has changed. Uh, I always say this something, you know, that you know, for Branca is like the truth. Nobody likes the truth. <laughs> uh, but once you get the truth, you just want the truth. In a way that once you upgrade yourself to a self-level conscious of appreciation, you either stay at the level or you grow. You never go back. That's why today we drink better wine, better rum, better everything, uh, and do we, we upgrade it. I think like, uh, you know, the, the only way you have to approach things that you're scared of is with knowledge. And the only way to generate knowledge and approach knowledge is with curiosity. We have to make people curious again about everything. Like through the curiosity, you generate that. I developed like 10 years ago for this brand, like the three C approach of and the three sips actually start working very well because you generate the curiosity in people and you tell them to take time on the approach of Fenebranca. You do one first sip and the second sip and the third sip and then you start understanding this label. Uh, I think like one of the things is that people are not used to the truth anymore. So once they meet the truth, uh, again, they don't recognize it. So they need to be guided. I think like one of the best way, I always say, people always ask me, which is the best way to drink Fenebranca with? And I say with friends, because this is the way that actually people interact. They, they explain to each other uh, uh, what is Fenebranca. Uh, I've been doing this job for the past 10 years. And uh, I understood that the best way to do this job is to understand every day, which was my personal relationship with the liquid and try and every time to transfer and deliver that feeling, that thought. I always tell, which is my understanding of the liquid. So I, I think, like, uh, I understand it's an acquired taste. Fernabranca is an acquired taste. But people's taste is changing. People are requiring more information. They're requiring more the truth. Uh, our role is also to educate people on this, on how to follow this path. It's, it's crazy, you know, I always make an example on my son. I have a, a, a five-year-old son. He, he loves cookies. So most of the time, I try to prepare cookies for him, and I get the best flour, the best eggs, the best milk. So I, I spend like seven hours in the kitchen, and I always manage to produce one cookie, and he tasted it and didn't like it. 
So I was really disappointed. So I got the understanding why. Because he likes the cookie, but he likes the cookies from the shops. He likes those kind of cookies. So I really need to educate him again to the real taste of food and drinks. And in this case, of, my, of course, my son just on food. Uh, you know, like young generation that need to be approached about, they also need to, be, they need to approach this product really uh, being curious. And I think the key of this is curiosity and genetic curiosity again. And the product will let them down, you know, in the way that you have behind uh, this product 175 years of history. And you have to make yourself a question how this product could stay in the market for 175 years and still be available and uh, and such a great product today. So this is the, the key things. So Nicola, before we get even too far, let's talk about the product a little bit because, you know, John jumps right into it, asking about sweet versus yeah, bitter. Yeah, but, you know, there's a lot of people know. who don't know what Fernet Branca is. Um, okay. They don't understand the basics of it. So so just give us the, the, the two-minute, what is Fernet? And I know I'm, I'm asking you to take 150 years and put it 120 <laughs> well, seconds, you know, but I know you can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all right. I'm totally fine with that because Go this is the, only, the, the question I always get. Uh, you know, we have to understand that everything that today we are drinking as an aperitif or as a leisure drink uh, was in the beginning a remedy, a medicine, everything. Some of those products became like a leisure product. They became an aperitif. Some of those became a digestive. But everything started from the fact that people needed need to understand how to extract beneficial power from urban spices through alcohol. So, Fernabranca, this is how Fernabranca was born. You know, it was a remedy. It was a natural, 100% natural remedy and a medicinal product. Fernabranca is, is a mix of 27 herbs coming from all over the world separately extracted. So each one of the urban spice needs a specific time, method, and depth of extraction. And then those extractions that are combined together and the rest for a year, not borrow. So it's a very complex, very vertical drink because it has no sugar. So you have all this different spectrum of flavor. It was born as a remedy. It became a digestive and it also became an aperitif. So people start drinking after a meal for digestion purpose, but then they start drinking also before the meal as an aperitif to stimulate the appetite. So what is Fernabranca on this? Fernabranca was born as an elixir. It was a panacea remedy for everything. Whether you had a headache, whether you had a stomachache, whether you have like a, even like a cold, something was called the splam. You were tired of living. Everything was born as a remedy. If you think Coca-Cola was born as a remedy, it was a, a remedy for headache. People go in the, in the pharmacies and start, and, and they buy from the Coca-Cola fountain this nice, like, syrup, and then bring it back home, add some water, and drink it as a remedy for headache. Fernabranca was born for the same purpose. People start drinking it for the, as a remedy. Today, you can find Fernabranca in every bar, in every uh, liquor store, every hotel, every restaurant in the world, but up to the 1940, you could also buy Fernabranca still in a pharmacy. People still today believe the Fernabranca is a great remedy and it actually is a great remedy. It's 100% natural, has no sugar, no colorant, is 127, 175 years of history and 27 herbs and spices. So 
how can you describe Fernand Brancal, you know, using few words? Is a, is an amaro? Is a digestive? Is an aperitive? Is the bart and the handshake? Is a shot? Is a, an inclusive product? This is what Fernand Branca is. And it's not easy. There was an old claim that said Fernand Branca is for many, but not for all, which is really makes it clear what Fernand Branca is. You know, I always say that the first sip of Fernebranca is there is like the first three sentences of Dostoevsky books. You want to take the book and throw it away, you know. But then when you keep on reading, you just, you know, you understand it's a great author. It's a great book. So this is what it is. I heard a, a quote when I was doing some research on this one, Nick, and it was, a sip of the world inside a glass. I love that. A sip of the yeah. world inside a glass. That was, you know, and... Everything he was just saying, I'm smiling the whole time, Dodge. I don't know about you. I'm like, he's oh, yeah. right. Good for everything. <laughs> well, you know, I think it was about yeah, a year ago. Boy. Yeah. Brian and I went on a, a trip. We had to go to New York and then to L.A. And uh, Brian and I kind of knew each other. We weren't like buddy buddies. And I don't remember where we were, but it was the end of the night. We were tired. And one of us ordered it first and the other one's like, that's what I want. And we were <laughs> so excited that the other person – that we both enjoy Fernet so much at the end of the night, end of a long night. And there's just really nothing better just to soothe the stomach and, and really prepare you for the next day. So that's what I yeah. love about Fernet. Our, our bonding over Fernet, Nick, you would have been proud of us. Our bonding. Over, now, oh, yeah. now, our, now our offices are next to each other. Now we can't, it's terrible. You know, you know, you know what? It's like, I, I love, um, uh, people think that I love Fernet Branca. Okay. This is not true. I love the passion of this family about their product. I fall in love with how much passion this family has put on this liquid. I respect Fernabranca very much. This is one of the thing, main things. And what I think that I think that I love is the fact that Fernabranca is not love at first sight. It is not love at first sight. And I love it because this is the love that lasts forever. It lasts longer because you build a love. And I love to see people's face when they drink Fernabranca for the first time because I make them try and they hate me with all the body. They hate me, they make Fernabranca. <laughs> but then with few words and ask them to try again, they come back to me after like a few days and say, you were right. I love Fernabranca. There's nothing else that I can drink. And you know what? I'm making other people drink it. And this is the best, this is the most rewarding thing. When through my words, through tasting for Branca, you don't you you are not creating like a new consumer. You're creating a new natural born brand ambassador. This is the main, the best reward for me. And this is great. I mean, like people that come back after a few months to say, you know what, I'm still drinking for Branca. You were right, and I love it. And now all my friends drinking it. I say, yes, great. Fernabranca is the best book I've ever written. And this is my mission. I want as many people as possible to read it because I enjoy it better, you know? When you share a book that you love and people, other people read it, you enjoy better the book. And I'm enjoying better Fernabranca today because more people are drinking it. So it's that. That's an awesome analogy. You know, is this, cool. this tells you the story too, Nick, and you can feel free. So I got married two weeks ago up on uh, Rhode Island and uh, my beloved mother-in-law, who was a wonderful lady, and now my wife, they saved 375 bottles that were empty and they've been saving them for a while. And I don't know why, but they put, filled them with hand sanitizer. And that's what we had around our wedding was 
Burnett bottles full of hand sanitizer for the guests to use. And it was, it was like, and I had a couple, not, not all my friends could join because it was a micro wedding, but a few yeah, of my of uh, chef buddies and foodie buddies that were there, they're like, you got to be kidding me, Connors. You did that. I'm like, I didn't do it in my mouth because you're right. Because now the story, people go, oh, he really likes this. And it means something. And then the story's connected on that. So, Johnny, I know you're up next. I don't want to get too off the uh, excited. No, no, no. I, I love the, the, the stories and, and everything that you touch on, Nicola, is, is hits right at home for us in terms of sharing and the experiences and all of that 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 creates. As the food guy, I, I want to know, you know, we're we're starting to use a lot of alcohols in in, in cooking, and and Fernet is 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 included in that that group. What would you recommend? Because I know you're you're really strong in the kitchen as well. How would you oh, recommend? We introduce that into the kitchen. Well, I'm not strong in the kitchen. I was born in the kitchen. So it's like, for me, the kitchen is the place to stay and be. Yeah. But I'm not a chef. I've, I mean, something is being a chef. Something is somebody that's been working in the kitchen. So two different things, you know. But, you know, I think like the, uh, the kitchen uh, and the food industry is really the great test for spirits. I mean, if you can cook with the spirits, you can do everything else, you know. In the kitchen, all the natural things emerge, but also the big mistakes will emerge. So really, it's great. Uh, I've been doing like a few dinners with Fernabranca. I haven't been cooking with Fernabranca. I've been doing like Fernabranca dinners. But I also like being inspired by chefs around the world and the people trying Fernabranca. So uh, knowing and understanding the liquid and explaining to the chefs how Fernabranca was made and how Fernabranca is made and what it's made from, it was kind of inspired for some of them to generate and create amazing, amazing dishes. There are a few things. Uh, one of the most simple ones I tried was Fernabranca ice cream, just like great. Mm. Like a vanilla or ice cream with Fernabranca on it is great. Then I had like few, a few chefs doing like some uh, great like reduction for the branca and making like saffron risotto because when the branca has a lot of saffron, so like mm. a bone when you are like toasting the rice, creates, the, creates this nice great glaze and, and color on, on the rice himself for making a risotto. I had like few uh, uh, chefs doing like glazing some meat uh, on, on the for the branca and it was. It was great. I made some recipe. I had my friend Branca was while making the matriciana sauce. So while I was like flaming the, the pancetta and the bacon, I uh, was adding some friend Branca for extra flavor in that. So it depends what you want to do. I mean, friend Branca is 27 herbs. So you have like few herbs that are really balsamic and like uh, you have the mint. So you have a fresh uh, mint from Piemonte. So you get the minty and freshness. Then you have the sweet and that flavor of the saffron. So you get the saffron flavor if you want to have that. Then you have the spiciness. The Zadoaria and the Galanga are one of the two main spices of the Fernabranca, which are really similar to the ginger root. So you get the spiciness. Same. Then you have the, the, the gentian and the cinnamon. So it kind of like combination between the two kind of creates like a, a licorice uh, a flavor. So I had, I had some chef doing like uh, a Fernabranca mayonnaise for the uh, pork belly, and it was oh. just fantastic. Uh. So like, like uh. no. <laughs> so That's an I, interesting I, one. All right, I'm with I, am I am I talking too sexy now, chef? <laughs> Right. This, no, is we, we love uh, this is a PG podcast. No, 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 no. 
I mean, like, uh, I really like that. Uh, knowing what is from the Branca made from can really, really kind of help you to create and match and then get, get really inspired. Uh, I've been doing food pairing and I've been doing like also with Fenebranca. It was great. Uh, some of that uh, great. I had like some mussels in China cooked with Fenebranca and it was great how this like freshness and balsamic that flavor got into the mussels. I had mm. like suckling pig infused with Fenebranca for a couple of hours and then they roasted it and it was just amazing. So that few recipes that out there with Fernabranca that actually works. You have to know your Fernabranca. You have to know which angle, which part of Fernabranca you want to hit and how you want to emerge in on that. I We're going like, to link some of these recipes on Facebook because I want to try yeah, some of them. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited like about this. I and Fernabranca infused popcorns, which are fantastic. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that was that were really really good. I had them in Denmark and where they were fantastic. There's so many I'm kind things. of jealous of your job, man. I really am. Like you're traveling the world <laughs> and drinking <laughs> for net and eating. So oh, I thought we you know, I thought we had cool I like jobs, my job. You know? but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought I, I had a cool had job. Cool you know, it is a same college job. students. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is a it is a cool job because I get in touch with so many cool people. It's like sometimes like you know it's like it's, when they say traveling without moving. For me, it's like learning without studying. It is great. It is, it is great. Getting in touch with so many inspiring people and be able to inspire inspiring people is great. And I'm into food very much. You know, I'm Italian and, you know, cooking and simplicity has been some of on my DNA for so, for, since I was born. So, and Fernabranca is on my face since I was young. My father opened a bar that I was four years old. So, and these brands, Fernabranca and Punta Mess, were there already. You know, it's like, so I kind of like uh, mentioned the two things. And, you know, and you know, and you would be surprised, chef, on how much Fernabranca is present in the kitchen worldwide. Not only for cooking, but especially for chefs drinking Fernabranca in the kitchen. Because they appreciate the quality and the palace is so sophisticated and that they like from the brand. And then they get inspired for cooking. So, yeah, feel free to put this recipe on, on, on the internet, on Facebook, because I want people to try. I try Fernando Branca brownies and they are amazing. Oh, wow. I bet that yeah, would be good. I love the spice in there. Yeah, exactly. Things- when you, once you hit the Fernando you actually get this hasty nice flavor you know i try drink from the branca with hot milk or with hot coffee hot chocolate and once you hit the from branca you get this easty freshly made cinnamon brownie flavor so you're actually making like chocolate brownies are great and amazing so you are making uh, us all hungry and it is almost dinner time so yeah experiment with some of these recipes oh yeah one of the simplest one you can make you make like you can make barbecue from branca barbecue sauce which is great the Fernbranca barbecue sauce is just great. Hot pepper sauce, the Fernbranca uh, barbecue sauce, because the bitterness kind of cuts the edge of that thing. The you know, you have bitterness. The bitters house uh, the uh, bitters in cocktail were introduced to create like the uh, bounders to create the uh, uh, to contain flavors, like the the cushion for pool. You know, when you play pool, if you, without the cushion, you cannot really play pool. The bitters were introduced in cocktail to create the cushion effect so that the flavors can bounce back and forth. 
in the barbecue sauce, in hot pepper sauce, the bitterness cutting down the sweetness. So you kind mm. of have this back and forth flavor, which is, which is amazing. I tried once uh, a um, roasted, uh, fermented roasted pineapple infused with Fernabranca burger. And it was just amazing, you know. A lot just going amazing. on there. Yeah, you know, it's just, you know, fermented roasted pineapple uh, uh, and then infused with Fernabranca and then you make a burger with that. It was just amazing. So try it. Have a try. Will do. Hey, Nick, um, one of the things that you had just mentioned a minute ago was that there everybody should be an ambassador for this. And when we had Lars Light on, God, a month or so ago, uh, one of the things he mentioned was the, the Fernet coin and, mm. and the the how cool this coin is because you, you put it down the bar. Everyone knows that you love Fernet. And if you put it down before all your friends, they have to pay for your drink. That was his oh, thing. Yes. So, so what's, what's like, I've never seen another liquor with a coin associated with it. What's the deal with the coin? And you know, how do we get some? Okay, <laughs> More well, importantly, feels- how do we get some? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I mean, we have to, fa- we have to clarify some things here. Uh, I mean, it's not that everybody should be an ambassador. I'm pretty sure that everybody that likes Fernabranca sooner or later will become an ambassador. Uh, and this is for this is a fact. Uh, the other thing is that if you want to work for Fernabranca, no matter what rule you are covering the, within the company, you have to be an ambassador. And because the first ambassador of this company are the owner of the company, the president, Nicola Branca, and everybody, they are the ambassador. Uh, and this guy, you know, I, I'm doing nothing different from what these guys used to do 175 years ago. Just going out in the market, opening the bottle and getting people to try from it. Now, uh, 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 with the coin thing, well, the coin thing is, is a great thing. I mean, uh, you know, if you have a coin, you put it in the bar. Uh, you know, this is kind of this is a, it's a great thing, you know. Uh, we, are, we are a unique brand in a way that we are a unique liquid. You know, there's nothing like Fernabranca out there. There's just Fernabranca, okay? Uh, this is it is a fact, you know. It's a, such a unique recipe, such a complex recipe. It's a secret recipe. It's a combination between 27 herbs, different method of extraction for each one of them, blah, blah, blah. All these type of things makes the recipe, like, uh, unique. You cannot repl- replicate, okay? So being a unique recipe, we have also unique things to do, you know? And also we are covering like we are a category. So we are a brand, but we also are a, a meteorological category. We are the meteorological category of Fernet. When the Fernet branca was created, we the, also the category of, Fern, of Fernet was born. So we are the only one in a way, only ones in a way that can actually have a Fernet coin, a Fernet branca coin, you know, because we are covering at the same time a brand and liquid category. So it was kind of like a combination of a unique thing. Now, it's kind of like is used that when you go around the world and you ask, you go, you approach the bar, you ask for a shot of Fernabranca, automatically the bartender will ask you, are you a colleague? Are you a bartender yourself? Because this is the thing, you know? So it was like we wanted to create something that made that even more strong as a statement, but not only for people to see it, but for people to know it themselves. You know, I want a coin in my, I want something in my pocket that reminds me every time that I'm attached to this brand, that I love this brand. And if I put it in front of people, if I show it in front of people, if somebody asks me for, 
I have a proof of that. So the coin, the coin himself is something that is heavy on your pocket. It's a, it's a, a, a real present on your pocket that, that is being given by the company to you. Yes, we know that. Not only when we meet you, not only when you're a friend of a bottle or a shop, in your pocket, you know that you've been there. Uh, and this was for, for us very important. You know, we are an inclusive brand. We always want to say that. We are not Branca uh, family. We are Branca brothers, you know, Fratelli Branca, Branca brothers. Like we are equals. We are like an inclusive brand. So that's why the coin was created. And now, and then you have the game. Of course, you have a, if you have a coin, you go in a bar, the bartender should have a coin. You slam your coin in a bar. If the bartender doesn't have it, he has to pay for a shot. Otherwise, you pay for a shot if the guy has it. So challenge once. And it's a great game because, you know, when we say coin out, the last one to put his coin out, he pays for a shot. Why? Because you always have to have the coin on your hand, spin around or very close to your hand. You know, you have to prove your coin within four moves. If you take more than four moves, let's see, maybe you, you have to somewhere. Oh, dodge, you. game on, dodge. Game on, game on. <laughs> you know, a bunch of my friends are um, military and they, yeah, yeah. they play a similar game with their military coins, so... This is what it comes from. Uh, that coin was introduced by one of our portfolio manager uh, 15 years ago. Uh, that Her father was in the military and they had this game and we thought it was a really cool thing to do and we start creating our own coin. Uh, with the same philosophy, though. I mean, uh, me as an ambassador or Eduardo Branca as a, as a owner of the company goes secretly and give in their hand the Fernabranca coin. It's not something that you do publicly. You know, you just go like one-to-one and say, okay, this is for you. I've been observing you. I know you've been doing a lot of the brand. Now you, I know you support. Now it's time for you to have a coin on your pocket. So this is, you know, this is the rule. This is the ritual. There's a ritual behind that. And there are people that have been waiting for three years for a coin and never get it. They might one day they get it, you know. One of the first rules of the coin is you never ask for a coin. Ah, Dodge, did you hear so that? So you already you messed up. Asked I asked for a coin. There you yeah. go. No, 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 no. But you so, know, that's just for the sake of the podcast. I know you No, never- I think that's amazing, though, you know. Nick, so uh, I'm a, a marketing guy. More importantly, I'm a beverage marketing guy. So you are literally making me so happy when you have these great connections to brands and stories. But you mentioned twice so far, you know, and we got to give uh, uh, one more time our the godfather of Netflix, Lars Light, a uh, little plug here. But so... How did this happen? I mean, you mentioned the bartender's handshake, and I'm really, really curious is that, you know, I've known about your brand now for, you know, 20-something years. But how did it become so relevant, so cool in the past, let's call it 10 to 15 years, particularly in our world of hospitality, our world of mixologists, of sommeliers, of chefs, these real restaurant-y hospitality people? How did this happen? Because it's just gold. Well, a few Few reasons, few histories. Not always one reason. It's always sometimes there's the combination of few. Okay. Now I'm gonna give you. I have, I have stories. Okay. <laughs> I have funny stories. I have storytellings. I have facts and I have things that I believe. Okay. Now let's start with the things that I believe. You know, I, I'm totally sure that 
the industry, hospitality industry, uh, is an industry that is becoming day by day and day after day more is requiring more quality. Okay, what Branca and Branca offers to them is consistency. Um, we never change. We always been the same. And I know if the path that you're pursuing is the path of quality, sooner or later you will meet Fernabranca. For sure. It doesn't matter. They're like, and people have changed, as I say, in 175 years, we've been up and down, up and down, but we never change. And through consistency, you get respect. And from respect, you get longevity. Simple as that. If you give quality, you get back respect. If you have respect, you get longevity. One of the secrets is that. Then, we, of course, we've been investing a lot in the bartender community. We, are know, we know that the first people we support are the people that never forget about us. And they are pulling the bottle up and serving because these are our ambassadors. These are the people that will support us no matter what because they understand the liquid. So we, are, we were supporting them with knowledge. We were trying to share as much knowledge as possible with these people. Because these people at some point were craving of knowledge rather than craving of POS material or maybe other things. They need knowledge. So we had knowledge in our hand, we had heritage, and we had people. We've been having brand ambassador and portfolio manager all over the world all the time. These were our POS material, the people. We care about people, and we want to care about people that care about our people. So we support the industry. But then, how you say, well, how to become, how the Fernand Branca became a bartender and cigarette handshake? Well, I have a story with that, okay? And I don't know if it's true. I believe it's true, but it's a good story. So when it's a good story, I like to believe it. Now, Amaris and Bitters, were, they were always present in this, this industry. Maybe we were the first ones, you know? You know, Vermouth, Amari, Digestive. They were in America since the late 800, you know? As some and Fernabranca was firstly shaped like the late 800 in the year. I think it's at some point of history, uh, around like the 60s, the 80s, 70s, 80s, Amari and Vermouth were kind of forgotten. People stopped drinking, okay? And they were in the bar, but they were somewhere in the bar hidden. Let's think about like dive bars or hotel bar. They had those bottles, but forgotten. Sometimes also like... I'm in the sun to get in like totally spoiled or oxidated or maybe on top of a coffee machine to get hit by the... Everything. The ones with all the dust on them, you know, those ones. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, because the new cool product were on, you know, like flavors, vodka, yeah, like whatever, you know, okay. People were... Johnny's uh, marshmallow vodka he was talking about earlier. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Midori or things like that. So... You know, those products were forgotten. You know, I used to work as a bartender for many years in the UK and US. And stock control in the 90s, and uh, yeah, the 90s was really strict. You know, my bar, we used to scale the bottles every two days, you know, just to measure how much product was going out. So to make calculation on how many drinks we were making. The only product that we were not measuring were the slow moving, like the Amari. Okay, Vermouth Amari, because nobody was actually drinking. Now, it's, it's a common thing where the bartender goes, comes to your bar to say hello, you give him a free shot. Okay, you give him a free shot. Why? Because when you go into his bar, you can't really waste all your wages on drinks. You can, you're going to get some free shots. So he's going to give you a free shot. And the only thing you can offer for free, of course, were Amari and Bitches. 
and some of those were, of course, like for the Bronco. So the kind of like uh, the, the the shot became the bartender secret handshake because if I if I give you a shot, I, it's kind of giving you like a secret handshake, saying, "Yeah, I know who you are. I know your bartender. Here's something for you. No matter what, just give you something free, just for the sake of the, of the fact that it's free." This is kind of a, kind of like became like a, an iconic thing, you know. If I offer you a shot of a branca, I recognize you are from a, you're a bartender, and I give you something for free. At the same time. Having the product a good like a structure and good taste, bartender were actually appreciating this flavor. They kind of get the palate useful. So it became like a shelfer branca, cigarette handshake coming together. So this is what it comes, you know, today for branca is the bartender cigarette handshake. If you ask for the Fern Branca shot or if you get the Fern Branca shot offer, either you're a bartender or you've been working in the industry. Simple as that. And we are we we're kind of we didn't really push that, we support that. Say, yes, okay, I know you're doing this, I know you like it, you know, we're supporting you, why? We know the product is good, and I know you appreciate it, and I know your palate. And then, of course, you know, people start making research, and say, what is from Branca? And then you provide them with knowledge, and we support all the tasting, we do tasting session, we build our brand, brand ambassadorship, in the, all the countries. So we were there ready for the moment. And, you know, the two combinations were great. And, you know, and the bartenders makes research. I said, oh, look down, Fernabranca. But people who use Fernabranca in cocktails, yes, 1867, like La Petite, uh, in Vermouth, a great cocktail. And then, like, uh, you start to, like, pick me up. And then uh, Hanky Panky in 1824, I said, okay, Jesus, Fernabranca in cocktails is not a marketing thing. But it's actually tool was existing even before you were promoted. Yes. And then, you know, we have what Fern Branca is today. Perfect. That makes Perfect. that makes a lot of sense. Because I I never understood where that came from. The other thing, so I I taught class today and I have two students in my class that are from Argentina. And oh. in Argentina it's bless you blessed exactly what's, <laughs> what's the deal with well I understand Italy, Fernet. I now understand bartenders of Fernet. Why in Argentina is Fernet such a, a huge cocktail? And why do they drink it with Coke, first of all? That's my other question. You know how huge is? Because everybody says it's huge. How, you know how huge is? How huge? Yeah. Well, in totally, we, are produ- we have two factories today, okay, the produ- production side. One is in Italy, in Milano, and the other one is in Argentina in Buenos Aires, La Tortuguita, just outside Buenos Aires. At some point of history, we had like more than eight production sites, but then we closed them down. We just kept the Milano and La Tortuguita. Uh, last year, totally from Branca, we produced, Milano factory produced around 13 million liters, one, three. Uh, and this is for all the world. So from Milano, all the world gets supply from Italy, okay? except for Argentina. Last year, Argentina, for the only Argentina consumption, and some, maybe some nearby countries, but mainly is Argentina consumption, last year we produced 47 million liters. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So, so that, is, that is huge. Okay, that's, that's a big number. Huge. 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 Uh, it is. It is huge. It is we are, we, our benchmark is wine and beers in Argentina. It's not spirits anymore, and we are growing every year. And the 
conception is, is great. Argentinian know that Fenebranca is Italian, but they still consider Fenebranca an Argentinian product. It's, I don't know. It's like a, it's an oxymoron thing. You know, if you if you take a magazine, a lifestyle magazine, Argentinian lifestyle magazine, and you you want to nominate like four of the iconic things that we represent in Argentina, you will have the tango. You will have the azado, you will have the Argentina flag, and then you will have Fernabra. That's <laughs> that's pretty amazing. It's it is amazing. Yeah. I have, yeah. I have, but Nick, why with the cries? Why with Coca-Cola? Why with Coca-Cola? I don't Okay, care. yeah, this is not a thing. This is an interesting thing. Fernabraco was already constructed in Argentina many years before. Okay. Uh, you have to remember that Argentina and Brazil are the two biggest countries in the world for consumption of vermouth. Okay. And people were drinking vermouth like an aperitif and calling La Hora del Vermouth, the vermouth time, adding some bitters. Okay. And of course, in Argentina, the only bitter present was Fernbraca because we were producing there. So, you know, this is one thing. Two thirds of the Argentinian population have an Italian surname. So it's like people are drinking what their grandfather used to drink. And also, some Fernbraca at some point in Argentina was used uh, against malaria. For the high quantity of quinine in Fenebranca, people were drinking Fenebranca and water as a remedy for malaria. You know, the quinine, the, the chinchona bark extract, which puts down the, the fever and blah, blah, blah. Okay? Why we call it? Well, uh, at some point, you know, uh, you know Fenebranca became like a, a, an iconic thing for youngest. You know, people start drinking uh, Fernet and they were drinking with soda, were drinking with anything. We spotted, though, that in, uh, in Cordoba, people, a lot of people, were drinking before going, like, uh, to the, uh, before going, to, uh, going out. They call it La Previa. You know, before going out, they drink at home. And then they go out in clubbing, bars. They were drinking, like, Bernat and Cola. And I said, okay, what the hell is going on there? You know, our, like, sales agent at the time said, okay, you know, this is happening in my city. Let's check it out. So the company went there, checked it out, and the actually was true. The people were drinking Fernet and Cola before going out, and actually they kind of they kind of spotted the fact that Fernet and Cola was matching the flavor perfectly. And they were drinking Fernet and Cola during the asado, so they were having barbecue and then drinking Fernet and Cola because you know for the also for the digestive properties. So we spotted the company understood this opportunity, and we start in the nineties changing our marketing like approach so in our campaigns like tv campaigns advertising campaign we start promoting and showing people not only drinking fernabranca like as a digestive in shop or neat but finally we were start showing people drinking fernet and cola so people say oh jesus this product has always been here i can drink with cola i'm attached to this product i respect it let's try it and the taste was great so we actually Push on the marketing side, and we did so many testing. We, we that's the sampling we did from the nineties until the two thousand was amazing. So we really pushed on the tasting. We really pushed on the tasting until that at some point the numbers exploded. You have it on TV. You have it in the street. Every part, every event, you have Fernet and Cola, and people just love it. And it's crazy because. Argentinian palate is so much different because they love Fernet and Cola, which is bitter and sweet. They drink mate, which is really, really bitter, but they love dulce de leche, which is amazingly sweet. 
So it's, it's kind of it's crazy out this, but it is a phenomenon. I mean, you go in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, Cordoba, wherever you go, and you ask for a fernet, they give you fernet and cola straight away. Yeah, <laughs> I had that experience uh, when I was doing some wine down you know. there uh, in Mendoza. And I asked oh, Fernet, yes. I'm like, what the heck is this Coca-Cola coming with this for? I'm like, I don't want that stuff. So, <laughs> you know, I, I know we can go on all evening here. I mean, uh, it's, it's but, crazy. If you go like, a, if you go to Argentina in any liquor store or in a supermarket, the facing of Fernabranca is amazing. I mean, I mean, we have like, I don't know, maybe like 200 bottles times like six of facing of Fernabranca wow. in the is crazy. I just have to ask, and I know we're going to get into the speed rail here. We're going to have a little bit of fun. So guys, make sure you all have your thinking caps on. But Nick, does the flavor profile change at all from Italy to Argentina, or is it the same? Well, you know, the testing, well, if you try the Argentinian one, if you try the, the Italian one, you won't tell the difference. The only thing that changed, though, and it's changed, is the fact that is the alcohol base. The alcohol from is the natural grains in the Italian one. So pure alcohol, but from grains, like a, uh, pure like Italian like grains. The Argentinian one, the alcohol base is sugarcane. Vice alcohol from sugarcane. But the taste will be exactly the same. The 27 herbs and spices are the same. Exactly the same. Exactly the same. Does the sugarcane spirits react differently with other spices? No. Not at all. Okay. Tell you that two different flavors, you will actually spot the difference. If I wouldn't say anything, you wouldn't notice. Uh, Let's get, hang on. Hold that thought, Nick. Hold that thought. I got to keep you in your creative zone here. I, I'm worried. I don't want to lose these guys here. Well, we got to have some fun. Okay, okay. Well, I did some light stalking because that's my job when I get into this uh, kind of uh, reporter mode that I go into when we start creating these uh, very creative speed rail questions. But you did some great video clips on uh, your family dinner, uh, mm. and that got me really inspired. Uh, so we're going to be creating, guys. Uh, also, Nathan Dodge, this includes you. I know this might be easier for Chef Massey and myself with our culinary backgrounds. Very easy for Nick to do. But, Nathan, we're going to challenge you today as well. So oh, none of this, none of this uh, Florida redneck stuff here, buddy. All right, you gotta. We want to. We want to get that inner culture out of you. Okay. So okay. we're going to be designing our uh, our Sunday evening dinner. I know John Masti's already off into a new world here. We're going to try to keep this the Italian version because of our friend Nick here and uh, where he's currently located. And thank you for staying up a little bit later. All right, guys. One that's going to easy an easy one to start out with. What's going to be our aperitif? What are we going to have first? Are we going to have Prosecco or something else? John Noble Massey, what are you going to start out with? Just your repetitive. What are you yeah, going to start out I'm, with? I'm going to start out with a little bit of Fernet, of course. And I, I'm going to follow your lead with having it neat. Yes, I like that. I like that. All right. Nathan Dodge, do you need a minute here, sir? Are you okay with this one? Uh, you know, I'll probably do a Prosecco. Um let me think. Well, we don't, you know, yeah, I'm going to do a Prosecco. Just Prosecco, Prosecco. Per, moving, moving along, Prosecco. Prosecco, you got it. So, Nick, what are you going to do first? Just for the I mean, like, I, I usually, when I do, like, an aperitivo with Fernabranca, I use Fernabranca and soda, ice, Fernabranca and soda, two green olives. This is my aperitivo. It's Ooh. low. It uh, has no sugar uh, because of the soda. The soda brings back the flavor. But then you get, like, the subtlety of the olives, so the brine balancing with the bitterness. It is a great, great aperitivo for me. And oh, that, that, that's what I fabulous. do. That's it really is good. really good. You, get, you have to get soda 
good eyes, inferno branca, like 3CL, no big shot, but good soda. And the, the saltiness of the olives is great. And, the, and that is great. Then I usually, what I usually do, I drink martinis. I'm a big martini drinker, uh, but I love inferno branca. So what I do, I do an in and out with inferno branca martini. So I kind of rise in my glass with inferno branca and the ice, keep all the saffron and the spiciness, and I make a, a, a vodka martini on that, and I drink this nice, like, uh, orangey uh, saffron martini, which is great. Ooh. Ooh, I'm, not even, I'm not even going to try to top that one. That's you know, I think we're going to make that tonight while uh, when John that comes over. Try it, because it's really good. It's really good. Right. So we're still in our menu planning mode here, gentlemen. So we're going to go through our primo, uh, our pasta dish, our first course. And we're going to go to Chef John Noble Massey. So, Johnny, what's going to be this Sunday, you know, evening dinner for you? We're starting out with our first course, our primo. Our pasta course, you can go risotto or you can also do polenta as well. What, which direction are you going in, Mike? Are we doing more formal or more family? I think we're in the backyard. Oh, well, in that case then. I, you know what? I still love a risotto because I just don't make that often enough. And a lighter risotto, we are still towards the end of summer, so an asparagus and uh, parmigiano-reggiano. Nice, oh, nice yeah, to start. Baby. All right, I like that one. Uh, Nathan Dodge, where are we going on this one here? A little yeah, I, I was thinking pasta. seafood. I was going to do something, some clams, uh, maybe some shrimp over some uh, light pasta. A yeah, really uh, light, light white sauce. That sounds mm. perfect. That's, that's summertime to me, too. After clamming, yeah. you get the nice little cherry stones or middle oh, necks, yeah. Nathan, whatever the hell a middle neck is. <laughs> What's so that's good. Yeah, exactly. Nick, what are you going to go with here? So you're going to do a little pasta? Oh, well, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pasta drinker. I'm a pasta eater. So I like, a, you know, spaghetti is my thing. Uh, I recently, like, uh, tried very good pasta in the, and I made it to him. And it was, uh, I, I, I love the, always the combination between two regions and two recipes. So I made, like, cacio pepe. So Sweet. just cheese, cacio cheese with the great fresh oh. pepper. But then when the pasta is ready, I put the Prune tartar on top, like that. It's you kind of like a seafood tartar on top, like raw food or raw fish on top, which is like it's great in the mixing of the cheese and the pepper. So mm, that's again, you're a tough act to follow, my friend. You're it very is tough. tough. That's that's man. You're speaking my language pretty darn good there. So <laughs> good. Let's go to uh, secando. Let's go to the second course here. Secondo. Uh, secando. So we're gonna do a little bit of a protein. <laughs> you know, hey, I know if Lars hears this, he's gonna yell at me. He's like, dude, you haven't I spoke Italian in years. Uh, but what are we doing here, guys? What's going to be our protein? Uh, Chef John Noble Massey, keep it in the order here. What's going to be that protein for your uh, your Sunday evening dinner in the backyard with friends and family? Well, we're, we're going light to heavy. So I am going to stick with doing things that I, ha- I don't normally do. So I love a nice veal chop and grilled and serve that with some grilled mushrooms and a really nice, in honor of Nicola, a little bit of uh, Barolo from Milano. Ah, <laughs> I dig that one. Nathan Dodge, what are you going to do on your protein course, sir? Yeah, I'm thinking it's still summer and I want some fish. So maybe a nice chunky white fish with maybe a puntanesca sauce on top, the okay. capers and the olives and kind of open a bronzino. A bronzino would be nice. Bronzino sounds good, yeah. I know we're in South Florida, but a good bronzino makes me happy too. So it's good. Chef Nick, what do you think, sir? Well, you know, uh, I'm kind of like, uh, I like to cook my products. So what I, I like, I'm, 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 I come from Sardinia and lamb in Sardinia is really, really popular. So like a small lamb uh, chops, like a small, really small steaks 
Uh, what I like to do, I, I like to glaze them in brancamenta, so it's the minty version, so glaze that. And then I like to pair them with, uh, with poor food. And what I'd like to do is like uh, take a, a onion and I do like a, a caramelized onion with a reduction of punta mess and a parmigiano ice cream on top. Oh, look at that. Oh, my God. See? He's a tough act to follow. Now, uh, let the record reflect that I also, by accident, skipped our uh, antepasto, but I would stick with traditionale and keep it. Ah, well, we had the martini with olives. Exactly. We had olives. (laughs) We have have our vegetables, too. (laughs) We had some pecorino or some parmesan. Yeah. yeah. So let's go to, uh, before we get to the good stuff here, let's go. Johnny, this is going to be in your wheelhouse. Let's go to Dolce. Sweets. What's it going to be for the sweet? And then I'll tell you guys what I did the other day, and you're all going to be impressed. Johnny, what's going to be for your uh, dolce? You know, I love cooking with summer fruits, and I've done a lot of things with peaches over the summer. But for this barbecue this afternoon, I am going to be making a wonderful, fresh summer cherry tart with a pistachio crust. There you go. All right, Nathan Eugene Dodge. And yes, your middle name is Eugene. It it is Eugene. I was thinking like a ricotta cheese. I love Eugene. I like Eugene. (laughs) That's that's the middle. That's you know, it's passed down from generation to generation. The Dodge family, but I was thinking a, a ricotta cheesecake. Ooh, yeah, that's good too. With a little lemon zest on it. Oh yeah. Ooh. Oh, see you guys. You see, I see where I'm going here. I'm setting everything up beautifully. Yeah. So you got it, Nick. I, what's what's going to be that? Uh, I, think because, I think like because you have the ricotta. I, I believe you will have you will have some ricotta left. I will do like I would love to do like deep fry Italian ravioli. Uh, with the filling of mascarpone and ricotta mixed with vermouth, le- lemon zest, deep fried, and then on top I will put some honey. This is why mm. you guys are the chefs. Good oh, God, no. that sounds good. But we, we are all, dude, we are also in this one. The other day I was cooking at my brother-in-law's house and up in uh, Connecticut, in Mystic, Connecticut, and it's a great combination of everything you said. The, the peaches were beautiful. Johnny, you would have been impressed. I grilled them yes. off. Uh, Nate mm. and I had the, I had the ricotta going, and I just did some cornels of ricotta with the grilled peaches, uh, and then I finished it off with some beautiful Connecticut honey on top, Nick. And oh. it was just—they oh. ate everything. It was my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my new wife, myself. Of course, I didn't eat anything, so I was, I was like, "No, I'm not eating." I love cooking with honey. Honey. Oh, is, dude, is good, really honey. Nice. good honey. Good honey. And I also it's did. A yeah. beefsteak Florentina. I don't eat a lot of red meat anymore, but I did a whole beefsteak for them, and I did it the, the, the proper Tuscan way, some great olive oil, sea salt. That's it. So, of course, guys. Bravo. Bravo. Compliment. Yes. yes. So we, we yes. know yes. we have to finish this meal off with. Uh, and Nick, I got to get your permission. When I do have my, uh, my final final, uh, I do click my frenettes with just two ice cubes. I don't know why, but I just love it with two ice cubes. Nathan, I know you're neat. John, I know you're neat. So, Nick, what's going to be that final final for you? How are you taking your fernet? I mean, like uh, you are, everybody has to have his own rituals. You know, I, I never blame for people drinking away other than the other. I usually drink for a bronca at the end of the meal. What I do, and this is what I like, I drink always espresso and without sugar. And while the cup of espresso is still hot from the coffee, I put the fernabranca there to wash away all the coffee cream left over on the cup, let it cool down, and then drink the my friend Branca for espresso. Yeah, I, I love doing that. I've done that even with uh, with red wine. I do it. Yeah, exactly. It's the resenting. Is this? I love it. But I love it. I oh love my it. God, guys, this this is the best show right. ever. I'm gonna go eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Let's do some closing man. remarks. I know this is a tough one. Nathan Dodge, what do you got? Uh, well, you know, if I might say something, you know, uh, this is the reason why I did the dinner. This is very important for me to say. You know, you say that I've been doing like Fernabranca dinners all over the world, and I did. Uh, I call them midnight spaghetti vans, wherever, you know, uh, because this is a, uh, what Italians do, you know. Uh, you know, you gather in the kitchen, you have friends over, you just open the fridge, you make some pasta, and people start chatting, drinking some wine. And it's like, kind of like you know, it's a typical thing to do in it. You know, I've always been going around in bartender's community, and I w- always wanted to support him in a way. So one day I say to this guy, listen, guys, you are promoting my brand, you're selling my brand, you're selling from the Branca every day, every day of your life. So in a way, you are... You know, you are providing me food, you know. You are putting the food on the table for me. For one day, I want to cook for you. I want to provide food for you. So we started like this. Me going to market, putting my hands out, making the pasta from scratch, spending the afternoon making the sauce, uh, cooking, and then serving them. For one day, I want to provide them food. And this is just to pay, pay back for all the effort. And, and this has been working. We've been doing that. You know, as a brand, we could buy, we can pay like a, a three Michelin dinner or whatever, but it's not the same. I wanted to get involved as, as a brand, but also as Nicola, not only as a That's brand. Awesome. That's awesome. Nice. Well, well I just so want to say thank you. We got to wrap this one up though. Nathan, what were you going to say? I just want to say thank you, Nicola, for coming out. Thank you to Sabrina for putting us in touch with them. Thank you to Lars Light for, for, you know, making us <laughs> love this brand even more than we already did. Um, Thank you, Uncle those, Lars. There you go. Yeah. For those of you who are not following us, make sure you do follow us on Facebook at Two Bar Stools and a Knife and on Instagram. Please drink responsibly. And after today's episode, please eat responsibly because I feel like we put on 20 pounds. <laughs> well, if you uh, see, want to see more of my stories on the cooking and how to make my dishes, you can follow me on Instagram. So just tag me on Instagram and you will see them. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Thank you, guys. Thank you.